I got fed up with playing it safe. I got fed up with choosing to stay stuck. I literally walked in and quit my job the next week. What does it really take to become a millionaire? Lauren Golden is the founder of the Free Mama Movement and a thriving community of tens of thousands of women. How did you know that you were ready to leave your job? I am not a natural risk taker. For me, I actually yeah. did not make the leap into self-employment until I hit rock bottom. And for me, what that looked like in 2015, it was 2015, um, was I had a miscarriage. Like it was just hard and I was tired and exhausted. There's so much procrastination. There's so much waiting for the right time. I think the thing yeah. you need to have is courage. You need to hit send on the email. You need to post the video. You just need to be brave enough to do the thing and then the confidence will come. Ugh, Lauren, so good. <laughs> I have goosebumps this whole interview, by the way. Welcome to Daring Forward, where we feature ordinary women doing extraordinary things and learn practical lessons and action steps to help you live courageously. I'm your host, Sahar Twesaday. Now, if you're ready, let's dare forward. What does it really take to become a millionaire? In today's episode, we talk about what it takes to hit seven figures in business, and our guest is brilliant at breaking it down. Lauren Golden is the founder of the Free Mama Movement and a thriving community of tens of thousands of women. Her mission is simple, to ensure that no mother ever has to choose between family and financial stability. Lauren is also a number one international best-selling author and a Two Comma Club award winner, whose business and life experience has made her a popular choice for guest speaking events, sharing the stage with the likes of Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson. She's most passionate about helping people get comfortable with the uncomfortable in pursuit of living a totally awesome and guilt-free life. So I think a great place for us to start, Lauren, would be at the beginning, like... Yeah. How did you like how did you get into entrepreneurship? What what was the thing that started it for you? Maybe tell me a little bit about your life before that. Sure. Well, it's really interesting because I've said before, like I'm an accidental entrepreneur. But if I go all the way back to my childhood, that's actually kind of not true <laughs> because like a lot of kids have like the lemonade stand. Well, we grew up and like we lived on a cul-de-sac. And so our house was actually surrounded by a golf course. And I used to go nice. and collect like golf balls that golfers like accidentally hit into our yard and I mm -hmm. would sell them back to them, no their own way. like golf ball through the fence <laughs> for like a quarter. And then I realized like, I, I mean, I was literally like seven or eight years old, like the, the age of my children now. And, and I yeah. didn't even like, to me, it was just very natural. And then I was like, okay, upsell, like, but again, not in an entrepreneur way, just whatever. So I used to actually go steal. I mean, I was, I didn't think I was stealing. Cause I'm like, I live yeah. here, but I used to take like soda pop from our refrigerator and mm -hmm. take it down like in a wagon to the golf course. And so then I was like selling them their golf balls back. But then I'm like, do you want a soda with that? Like, anyway, long story short, I made like six or $700 one summer doing this. I also got in trouble wow. and my parents, yes, my parents finally noticed because I started taking beer. Now, to be fair, I didn't know what beer was, nor did I know what a liquor license was. I had no <laughs> idea I was doing anything wrong, but that's when I, I finally got, yeah, no, like How seven old or eight years you? old. Yeah, like seven or eight years old. Yeah. But that's when I got <laughs> caught. Okay. Yes, that's when I got caught. And it's funny, looking back now, part of me would be like, why did I not get in trouble? But I think honestly, my dad was like just impressed that I had like done all this, but he's like, okay time for some lessons. So like, that's actually when I went and got my first like checking in savings account was with that money. And my dad like made me put a certain amount in my savings account. He talked to me about like paying back your distributor. So I had to like pay my dad back for all <laughs> of the stuff I had taken from my parents. And so that was actually my first business. Um, but for yeah. me, the idea of starting a business in adulthood, it did not even begin until I became a parent. And for me, it was really a means mm. to an end. So I had my oldest daughter just turned 10 this year. Um, and when we finally got pregnant with her, her name's Daphne, I was able to pretty quickly reconcile that I love working. But by the time her brother, my son, was born two years later, like I felt like I was failing everywhere. Like when I was at work, I felt bad mm. that I wasn't with my kids. When I was with my kids, I felt like I wasn't doing enough for my job. Anytime anybody was sick, it was like the worst day of my life. I mean, it sounds so dramatic, but it was like, rock, paper, scissor with my husband of like whose responsibility is it? Like it just, everything felt hard. 
And so for me, I actually started freelancing of like, I have to get out of my job. Like I love to work and I need money. So what can I do? And I always tell people like, if you've ever Googled how to make money from home, I've tried all of those things. Like I did them all. So I went through a lot Mm. of phases that were not super successful. But for me, uh, when I first started working as a freelancer, which basically it's kind of like a job, but you're not an employee, you work as an independent contractor. Um, I first started as a social, social media manager. We've got virtual assistants, online business managers. I mean, you can run ads, you can be a copywriter, you can be a bookkeeper. Like there's so many services that you can provide to start a freelancing business. But for me, that was like my gateway out. And so that's really how I got into being self-employed. I did that for a few years. I was pretty successful while still being able to finally show up as the mom I wanted to be. And that's when I really felt this calling on my heart that it was so much bigger than me. And like, yes, I had done this and I changed my family's life. But like, I just, I don't know. It was like an itch I couldn't scratch, you know, of like, I, Mm -hmm. I think I'm supposed to teach other people how to do this. And like, and I want that, like, it was terrifying, but it was like, oh, I like, oh, I just, I, I was just drawn towards it. Um, and so I finally made that leap into what I would say is like true business owner entrepreneurship in 2017. So it's been a journey for sure. <laughs> wow. That is loaded. I love how you got started. I absolutely <laughs> love that. So what were you doing when you were in a full-time job? Were you in marketing? Uh, I was working at a school actually. And I was originally hired as their alum director. So I was kind of working with the advancement office. Like I did lots of fundraising. I did lots of event planning, which has really translated Mm. into how I like to run the free mama movement. And I love virtual events and person events. Like that's my first side hustle as a side note, uh, was as a wedding planner. So these are my natural strengths, but my whole adult life, I just figured out how to apply them in a way that feels good and is profitable and is fulfilling. But like, we all have natural strengths. We just have to figure out how to use them, you know? And so a lot of what I did at that job too, also like looking back, a lot of that prepared me for running the Free Mama movement today, you know, and cultivating a community Mm -hmm. online and attracting the right people and keeping them engaged. Like I was doing, like, if you just heard my job title, you'd be like, that has nothing to do with this business you've built. But like, there's always breadcrumbs in our stories, you know? And so for me, I think a lot oh, of what I learned so how good. to do on the spot, yeah, I learned how to do it on the spot mm-hmm. out of necessity. But because I did that, I just, I was kind of like sharpening my tools, you know, for when I would need them in the future. I love that because I think what ends up happening a lot of times is when people want to make that transition and are starting to think about I'm not feeling fulfilled at my nine to five, at my full-time job. I want to start my own thing. One of the things that um, I usually tell people is there's a reason why you're there and there's always something you can learn and take away from it. And I think what I love about your story is that you just seem to be like a sponge for opportunity. Like whenever you're given something, you just take it on. And did you know at the time when you were at that job, whether you were going to like take these skills or were you just naturally like a very curious and happy to just kind of get it done type of person? Uh, The latter for sure. And I was actually thinking about that as you started speaking, because I don't want there to be like a misconception of like, oh, this was easy for her. Like she knew she, like, I had no idea. I think it's just a lens we have to put on. I think it's just an attitude that we have to have. And so you know, when That's I was it. at my job, I don't want, like, I, I was miserable. Like, I left. Do you remember this? Like, I was like, how do I get out uh, of here? Like, I wasn't yeah. happy. But I was like, while I'm here, how can I be the best that I am? And how can I seize these opportunities? And I think I think being resourceful is one of the greatest mm-hmm. strengths that you can hone. You know, it's not about having all the resources already, but it's how can I be resourceful? Would you say that the skill of being resourceful or the attitude is more important? Ooh, that's a great question. I mean, I think attitude dictates everything else. You know, if Mm -hmm. you've got, if if you're, my favorite quote ever is Henry Ford, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. You know? And so if you go in 
even to a resource, like, let's say you're trying to come up with financing for something, or, um, you know, you want to hire a business coach, but right now you don't have enough money in your bank account. And you're like, well, I can't because what, like, that's all attitude. Like you can switch that attitude by, instead of saying, I can't afford that business coach, you become resourceful and you say, how can I afford that business coach? What do I need to do? Is there someone I need to ask? Is there something in my family I need, or something in my home I need Mm. to sell? Do I need to set a smaller goal to get some cash flow so I can get that result. But I think if you have a defeatist attitude about being resourceful, I think you're going to self-sabotage before you can even get the answers that you want. So I think it starts with attitude for sure. So good girl. Wow. Yeah. How did you know that you were ready to leave your job and, and get into freelancing? So this is a really huge part of my story. Um, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I was already freelancing, so I should I should clarify. So I started freelancing right. so while you I was started still at my job. Before. Yep, I started. Yeah, I had tried okay. network marketing. I tried surveys. I tried secret shopping. I tried a lot of different things. <laughs> they didn't pan out, obviously. Um, and so then I I actually found this webinar that was all about being a social or start. It was about starting a social media agency. And I'm like, agency? Mm-hmm. I like no. I just I just need to quit my job. Like again, I had very tunnel vision. I had a very clear Mm -hmm. goal and a very clear number of what I needed to do in order to do that. So I I do this webinar. I actually enroll in this program and I am taking what I need and kind of leaving what I don't, you know, and I start getting a couple clients. And so I was making probably between one to $2,000 a month before I actually let my job. So I was like doing it nights, weekends, like, you know, a little bit of a hustle phase. By the way, I had like a zero-year-old and a two-year-old at this time. So like, I don't know. One of the things I don't have a lot of tolerance for is I don't have enough time. Like, I just, I can't, uh, you will Mm. just, it will never be convenient to pursue your dreams. I'm just telling you, it will never be convenient. So I was in a season of hustle for sure. But here's the deal. Even as I started making money, I was not actually closer to quitting my job because I was terrified. Like, even though it was the thing I said I wanted, I am not a natural risk taker. I was not born that way. You know, nature, nurture. Like, I have become a risk taker because I have this track record of when I pursue things and I trust myself and I follow through and I have support and guidance, I will accomplish my goal. I have a track record now, but I didn't at this point. You know, I just been going through the Mm -hmm. motions of my life, so it was terrifying. And I had all the what ifs, like... You know, what if we can't pay the bills? What if, uh, what do I do about insurance? What do I do about like 401k and retirement and all? Because my husband is also an entrepreneur, I should say that. So like I was the stable one. So I'm like, how do I, stable, air quotes, stable one. Um, I'm like, how do I possibly leave my job? (laughs) And so for me, I actually did not make the leap into self-employment until I hit rock bottom. And for me, what that looked like in 2015, it was 2015, um, was I had a miscarriage. It was very unexpected. Our pregnancy was unexpected. Um, We had kind of just gotten to the point of like excitement. I'm not going to lie. Like at first we were a little like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? But then it was like, you know, you get used to it and you start talking about names and you start falling in love. And um, I went to an appointment. I had no idea anything was wrong. I'd been throwing up like three times a day. So I'm like, okay, hormones are in check. Like we're not feeling good. And it was actually my first time going to this OBGYN And the first thing this poor woman ever had to tell me was that I had lost the baby. It was a horrific moment in my life. Um, But I remember going home that day, just cried in bed for the rest of the day, made a decision that I did want to have a DNC procedure rather than wait for it to happen naturally, which they said could have taken weeks given where I was at. Um, And that just... I I felt like that was too big of an open loop for me. So we scheduled a surgery for the next day. That was a Saturday. I literally walked in and quit my job the next week because in that moment of loss, I heard a voice, not like a crazy person, although maybe a little bit crazy, but you know, whether God, universe, um, intuition, something, but something reached rock bottom where it said, what the heck are you going to do now? Like, when are you going to start living your life? Like, don't make this not mean something, you know? And it was, it was loud and it was powerful. And so I think in that moment, I got fed up. I got fed up with playing it safe. I got fed up with choosing to stay stuck rather than doing something about it. And so I walked in and I gave my notice um, and I... You know, I I don't want to say like, I never looked back. I mean, I I didn't ever go back to work. But for me, again, I think 
I think so much of my story as I'm talking to you is like, it's a journey in learning to trust yourself because Mm -hmm. I trusted that even if I quit my job, I have something to offer. I am hireable. I can find a new job. Like I will, I have, I have, I'm very blessed to have family that can help us if we are like in a dire situation. Like I just, I had this trust of like, I have to take this leap. And if it doesn't work, I have options. Like I I get, like I have myself and I'm going to trust that I'm the type of person that's going to do whatever it takes to figure it out. It sounds so weird to say, because I don't think we hear a lot of women having this conversation, but like, I could cry thanking 2015 Lauren. Like I could, like the former version of myself who looks so different than this version you see sitting here. Like I, I, a lot of people are like, you come across really confident. And I'm like, yeah, I earned this. Like I earned it with experience. Mm. I earned it with personal development and like learning to accept my strengths and my weaknesses, like rather than beating myself up over stuff. But like 2015 Lauren, she wasn't there yet. She took a really big leap. And I am just so grateful that for that experience and knowing that like that baby's life, even though it was short, was so meaningful. It not only changed the trajectory of my life, but now literally tens of thousands of women because of the everything that came after that. And it's just, I don't know, it's so emotional for me to think about, you know, how different everything would look right now without that experience. That is so incredible to hear, Lauren, that you took a moment of grief and something that could really have crippled you in it so did, many ways. It did, briefly. <laughs> it did. Yeah, it I mean, did. I mean, yeah, that's understandably, yeah. but you could have yeah. stayed there. For you sure. You could have stayed there, you know? For sure. Um, but I just think it's incredible that you didn't, you, 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 took, you, you found the grace within yourself to to take that and and make something of your life and make it have meaning and i just think that is so beautiful that's amazing I think, yeah thanks there's there's a book i'm trying to think um oh shoot i can't think of the title of it uh but i can think of the quote is that we expect great story mm. without great conflict and in my experience of coaching so many women, you know, in this, especially on an internet business where we're showing up in social media and everybody's got filters and everybody wants to look good and we all want people to like us. Like the problem is we're spending so much energy suppressing our dark stories, our failures, our missteps, our tragedies, the stuff that happens to like, we're putting so much energy into not letting people see that side of us, but it's actually that side of, I have goosebumps this whole interview, by the way, we have, it's that side of us that really generates connection. And to get into the business side, it's also what then fuels the no like trust factor and gets people to buy from you. And I do not want to make it sound like this has been easy for me. It has not. However, I have gotten really good at it. I've gotten really comfortable at, I don't even have a rug anymore. I was going to say like holding up the rug, like letting people look at what's under the rug. I've done it so many times. I don't even have a rug. Like just come in and see my nasty <laughs> bare floor. Yes. Like I just, you know, and, and we have these things like, um, uh, like share your scars, not your wounds. And I definitely think there's a line, but I just, I don't know. Like I said, I've worked with so many women and we're so afraid to let people in, but my whole business was founded on a miscarriage and my response to it. And I see more people opening up about things like that now, but back in 2015, when I started talking about it, I didn't see anybody talking about things like that on the internet. And so it, it did build connection. It built trust. And, um, you know, I would get all of these direct messages and people literally, oh my gosh, me too. Or like, I've never told anybody and just all this like private suffering. And I think when we have the courage to free our true selves, we give other people permission to do the same. One of the things that I always say is that running a business is kind of like, is it's a bit of a spiritual journey in the sense oh. that 
<laughs> you have to turn inwards. Like the business yeah. does not grow without you growing. Like the more you know yourself, the more you explore your dark side, the yeah. more you, you know, shine light on your fears and the things that you're ashamed of and bring them out to the light and deal mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. Everything around you grows. I could totally relate to you when you said <laughs> when you left your job, you were very much tunnel vision. Like you had a certain goal. It's like, I yeah. need to make X amount of money for my family. And as you kind of take the next step and just take one step after the other and you reach those goals, you start to realize that it's so much more than that. You and your capacity is so much bigger than how much money you make. You are put on this earth to do something amazing. Um, and that can look like something different for everybody. But I, I just think it's beautiful to hear how you started out and where you're headed now. Uh, yeah. And I just really appreciate your honesty about sharing that. Thanks. Um, I think it's on purpose, though, you know? I think we have to have that tunnel vision because it's scary. Yeah. I think yeah. if we could, like, see the whole landscape, like, nobody would take <laughs> that first step or very, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, we're, yeah. I always say we're the weird 100%. ones anyway. Like, we're, you know, we're not the status quo just by definition of kind of getting into this world of, of entrepreneurship. And so I think it's important. Mm -hmm. So wherever you're at, like, just don't, don't judge yourself of like, well, like that's still my goal. I remember going to a conference and it was all talking about like impact and changing the world. And I remember being in my seat and just being like, I'm here to make money. Like, am I a jerk? Like, am I the only <laughs> one? Like, but I just remember feeling like, um, yes. it felt shameful. It felt, I felt, mm -hmm. it felt shameful of like, they're up on stage talking about changing the world. Like now, where I'm at, like, I've actually spoken on that stage now and I get it. Like, wow. I get the journey. Like you've, mm -hmm. I, like now I've made money. I know how to do that. Things that used to seem impossible now for me are like systemized, you know, it's like, it, it's automated. And so mm -hmm. the, it's a process. So wherever you are, like on this journey, like just don't, don't compare yourself to others. But at the same time, like we're having this conversation, like learn what's to come and like, be fueled and excited by it. But like, I I don't know. I just, I think I felt bad that I like wanted to make money, but like, there's nothing to feel bad about because I think that's the first step. I think, I think we have to go through this process of learning to make money and meeting our needs and blowing mm -hmm. through our own glass ceilings about what's possible and having some of these realizations around where fulfillment actually comes from. Spoiler, it's not awards or your bank account. Um, and but yeah. we ha I think we all have to go through this process. I don't think you can mm -hmm. just hear it and then like skip a step. I think you have, we all have to live it. Um, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm probably going to butcher it. It's by Mother Teresa. And I think it's, it's almost like before you love the world, love your family first. And yeah. I feel like it, it, it touches on exactly what you're saying here. I think starting out to make sure that like you look after yourself and and the people that you care about it's a responsible thing to do but it's almost like until you meet that need you can't even have the headspace to think about the next step and the bigger picture like you need to put your house in order first so you started your freelancing business and you made your money back you were making more money than you were at your full-time job how did you move from there to launching and creating the Free Mama movement. How did it come to you? How did you get started? <laughs> Tell me Another everything. download. I don't know. Um, from the divine. No. A good sign, by the way, that you are in the right lane for you is when mm -hmm. learning about something and getting better at it and starting to like grow in your expertise and mastering your skill is fun. It doesn't feel yes. like work. So I would like, yes. I just remember I'd go to the gym or we had a, an elliptical in the basement at the time. And I remember I'd work out and I'd be listening to like social media examiners podcast. Like just like, I, mm. I just like couldn't get enough. Like it was fun for me. And so I knew that I was on the right track because getting better at my craft felt fun. It didn't feel like work. Think to be really good at anything, um, you have to go through the hard stuff. Like if it was just, if my story was like, oh, I started working as a social media manager and I got all these clients and I was great at it. And then I taught other people, like you have nothing to teach. So again, like we're so afraid of our true <laughs> selves, but we're also terrified of failure, but nothing will make yeah. you a better teacher or more prepared than failing. You have to know what to do when things go this wrong. Is it. <laughs> to yes. you. Like, so 
again, I don't know. Again, 2015, Lauren, you guys, she didn't know any of this stuff. So like, this is all, I'm speaking from experience is what I'm saying. So we moved and I lost all of my clients except for one when we moved. Horrible. Um, what I didn't know, so I knew about social media management. Obviously, I know social media is on the oh. internet. But believe it or not, I had never yeah. heard of like online businesses. I had never heard of like courses or co- like co- coaches, business coaching. I'd never heard of any of this. Like I did not know that the world that I live in now, like with my peers, I had no idea that that world existed. I was doing social media management for a lot of brick and mortar businesses. And so I would go get my own Uh photos and content. And so when I moved, there was literally only one client that it made sense for me to continue serving. So anyway, we get down to Texas and my husband, I'm 12 weeks pregnant. It's Houston, Texas. So it is like hell on earth hot, hot and humid. Mm. And I'm pregnant and I know no one. And so I hate my whole family, because I'm mad at them for making me move there. And I'm pregnant. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a failing business. And my husband one day is like, do you think maybe you should just go get a job? Like, I think we'd both feel less stressed. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people, like the fastest way to get me to do something is to tell me I can't do it. And technically that's not what he said. Like he wasn't trying to not be supportive. Like he was trying to be supportive, but like, I see you struggling. Like maybe it'd be easier if someone gave you a paycheck kind of vibe. And I, for one week I went to, I think I went to three networking events in one week. And from those, I signed like three clients within the next two weeks. And so, and I had the one in Kansas City. So I was like, I moved fast. And I learned a lot about navigating those sales conversations, increasing my rates, networking more effect. Like I um, just mindset, right? Like it would have been easier to go get a job, quite frankly, like probably a whole lot less stressful. Um, I was like running to the bathroom at these events, like throwing, I was really sick with all my babies. So I would run, I'd like throw up and then I'd like pop in a minute and come back and like do my thing. Like it was very stressful, Um, but I made it work and I figured it out very fast. And long story short, one of the clients that I got from one of those networking events, um, again, was one of those like domino effects of just changing the trajectory of my life. She was a business coach. I'd never even heard of business coaching or the online world. And so, um, we Mm. actually just went, I was like, I just felt connected to her as a human. Like I love people raging extrovert. Um, and so I just asked her if I could take her out to breakfast and like pick her brain. Cause I was like this struggling business owner and I meet her and she's like, I'm a business coach. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, well, we go out to breakfast, which ended up being like three hours. And she's telling me all these things that like her neighbor's helping her with, but like really bad at. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know how to do all these things. Like I could help you. So she hires me and I got to build out like her online course for her. I did a lot of like client care management. Essentially, I started doing copywriting. I was helping her with like, I got to put my hand in a lot of different pots. Um, and that one experience completely prepared me to launch the free mama movement with zero money. Cause I had like no extra money. Like all my freelancing money went to providing mm. for my family And so uh, I ended up hiring a business coach a year later. You asked what that transition was like. All I can say is like, it was a voice from within with like, you know, when you get like a lump in your throat or like your chest gets tight, like I could feel it. There was a physical sensation of like, I don't want to say you're meant for more because that's like a very cheesy overused thing. But like, I just Mm -hmm. felt, I felt so called to talk about what I had done over the last two years. Like I couldn't. I just, like, I had to share Mm. it. And I, like, wanted every mom to know. Like, I wanted everybody to know, like, do you know about this thing? Do you know about this world that I just entered into and how accessible it is for you? Because I saw so many working moms feeling like crap about themselves. And that's how I used to feel. Like, it was just hard and I was tired and exhausted. And I'm like, and I had lost money and friends and energy trying all those other things that I had Googled about how to make money from home. And I just, like it became this topic where I wanted a megaphone and I just wanted everybody to know. Like, that's how passionate I felt about it. And so that's how I knew. Hired my own business coach. Um, And again, I was able to go from literally nothing. Like I had no following, no email Was it the same coach? No, no, I was still working for Jenna at the time. So probably conflict of interest to try to do both. But so I was still, I was still freelancing when I started. That was my income. Um, But yeah, I had such a leg up because of all of my past experiences. And I think, and that's the same thing 
from my jobs to starting freelancing. So again, I just want to encourage you, like wherever you're at, like none of it's a waste. I actually have one of my top students who's now on my team now. I mean, she's making bank. She's doing amazing. She was a nurse practitioner and now she's a social seller. And so many people are just, I think they come in my world and they're like, okay, I'm a nurse. Like, what can I do? And I'm like, okay, take off your job hat for a second and let's look at your wiring. Like, what are you, what makes you a great nurse? Is it your bedside manner? Is it your organization and your tracking and your what? Like, what? Who are you? Like, take the job hat off. And for me, I think you know when I look back, twenty twenty hindsight of my career, like my strengths were always just like screaming from the rooftops. You know, even if you go back to childhood, one of my really good friends, you should check out. Everybody listening, her name's McCall Jones. She's fantastic. She teaches something called um, charisma styles, charisma hacking. So it's all about like how to show okay. up on video, but but. Also, it makes you a better salesperson, makes you a better human. Anyway, she's so stinking smart. Um, And she talks about something called your two-face. And it's something that you've probably been told that you've been too much of. And like, for me, I was always told like, you're too loud, you talk too much. Like my whole life as a little kid, I literally make money talking now. I'm talking right now. Like I talk (laughs) in my courses, I talk on YouTube and I'm like, so there. Like, so all those things that make you who you are, maybe you've been told you're too much, but like they're, they are probably your natural strengths. Like there is a profitable business in there for sure. And it will be fulfilling Ugh. because it's just who so you good. are, you know, and that it's going to be hard so and you're going to fail and it's going to suck and you're going to want to quit, but it's so beautiful if you don't give up. <laughs> My goodness, Lauren, uh, you're just, uh, I feel so fired up. I think you talking about this point is really important. Like, Really knowing who you are and understanding your strength. Because, for example, for someone like me, I grew up in, so I come from like a high achieving family. Everybody in my family are doctors. My dad was a doctor. And we went to a school where it was like, you were literally beaten and like molded into shape to go through that academic route, right? And it was the complete opposite of being yourself, It's like, how can you not be yourself to be successful? And I just think there's like, there's a lot of people who have been sold this lie that, you know, you are not enough, um, how you're wired, the things that you love, the way you talk, the way, um, you know, you show up, there's something wrong with it. And you need to change yourself to look like this other person who's successful, Um, And that's what success looks like is by changing who you are. So I just Mm. am so grateful for you for just bringing that up and and honing in on that point. And I think it's really important as well, because if you build a business that complements how you're wired naturally, then that's what is going to make it sustainable. Because (laughs) doing a business that you love anyway is hard, like you were saying, just because you are now making money being yourself doesn't mean it's easy, right? Like you still have to face lots of things and you're going to have setbacks and hardships you need to face, but you need to work with what you have and the gifts that you have. So I really love the fact that you mentioned that. Something else that you said that I thought was really interesting, you mentioned that, um, you know, in the years when you were kind of like in the hustling period where you were trying to figure things out and build your freelancing business, you you said that it had an impact on your relationships and friendships. Can you tell me a little bit about that? In my experience, um, I've actually lost more friends through my success because I've learned that there are going to be people in your life that actually don't want you to succeed because you being different and going for it and reaching for your dreams when so many people never will makes them feel small. And so they don't know how to be there for you in those moments. We all know what hardship feels like. So yeah, there's going to be like the sucky friend who doesn't call you or bring you a meal or like doesn't get it. Um, but just that to me was shocking. Um, and I first learned that actually when I wrote my book, which was 2018, it was just the year after I launched the free mama movement. And I only had like three friends reach out to me, like real life friends, not all my internet friends were like, But all of my like real (laughs) life friends, my family was great, but of my like people I went to high school and college and I mean, people that I, I thought were my friends, I had like three people reach out to me and I was devastated. I, I, and I will say I own my devastation 
um, because all disappointment comes from unmet expectations. And I expected them to tell me how great I was. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, you've worked so hard and congratulations. Like so many people are like, oh, I want to write a book someday. And I actually did it. And it's one of the hardest things I've done. And I was really upset, but I think I was more upset that I was like, I don't know... I don't know how to keep being friends with these people. Um, I don't know how to have deep Mm. relationships with people who can't accept this version of me, this evolved version of me. Um, And so I had a lot of falling out um, and they don't even know. (laughs) They don't even know we fell out. We just drifted apart. Um, But I think for me, I had to like bless and release. I had to bless and release the Mm -hmm. expectations of kind of who was going to be there for me. So that was probably the biggest alteration of my friendships. And by the way, with without hostility because I don't want to hang on to those emotions, right? So it wasn't they did something wrong. It was, these aren't my people anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. They were in my life for a season and that season was good. I... I'm the one who left the season, um, but it also means I'm going to require a different level of friendship. Um, And so my my peer group has evolved substantially since I've grown uh, in business. You know, when I first got into entrepreneurship, business was the hardest part of my life. Learning how to make money, learning how to put myself out there, you know, learning how to, how to create these systems and, you know, show up and feel comfortable and navigate sales conversations, just all that stuff. Like that was hard when I started. Seven years later, my business is the easiest part of my life. And so also wired as a high achiever, like you are, it is very easy for me to slip into, well, I'm just going to go work on something in my business because mm. I get fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I get, mm-hmm. gra- uh, I get, um, like I get instant feedback. I get praise from my community all the time. I get thanked. I yeah. get told I'm amazing. Like I get all of this, you know, gratification. I get financial reward. Um, and so I have built this really amazing thing that I love and is part of me. And so I, if I'm not careful, it's easier for mm. me to focus there than it is on the relationships in my life because those can feel really hard and those can feel like they take work. And so um, I actually started seeing a therapist mm. this y- last year because I was, I, I was, spending so much time trying to make sure my kiddo was okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. It actually took one of my friends who lives in Israel, so a friend from halfway around the world, her name's Abby Parrots, <laughs> to be like, hey, you need help. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but I was so focused on like, and we do this as moms, right? Like I was so focused on making sure my kid was okay that I didn't even realize that I had been like on this yeah. downward spiral, you know, because of everything, yeah. the weight of everything going on with her. So I started going to this therapist and I told her in our very first call, or uh, not call, I go in person. I'm used to being on Zoom all day. That's why I go in person yes. to my therapist. So I went in person. <laughs> I told her in yeah. our very first conversation, I said, I will want to talk about my business. I'll talk to you about my team. I'll tell you about, because there's still challenges. And, and so I'm like that, if you ever find me doing that, you know that I'm avoiding something. Like I just ratted myself out on the first call or first conversation. Right. I'm like, if I spend half a session talking about my business, it means something is drastically uncomfortable in my personal life and I'm avoiding it. And so I'm going to need you to call me out on that mm. because it's always easier to talk about. It's and, and I think part of the reason it's easier, I'm not trying to say like, I like my business better than my family. What I'm really getting at is control. I can control my business. I'm the CEO of my business. I cannot control my daughter. I cannot control my husband. I cannot fix my daughter's problems. I cannot fix things going on with my husband by myself. I can fix my business. So it it makes sense logically, but this is is my biggest challenge in life right now. Honestly, like this is what I'm working on is, okay, I've built this business. I don't want to say I've mastered the game because part of entrepreneurship is you are committing to evolving and growing because tens, trends and tactics will always change. And if you don't continue yes. to evolve, your business will die. Mm-hmm. But it's so much easier for me to focus over there than on the other stuff because that feels messy and hard and complicated sometimes. And I can't fix it. And I hate that because I'm a control freak. So that's what <laughs> I get to work on. <laughs> you know what? I feel like... I feel like I'm being attacked in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I get it. I, to- <laughs> I, I totally get it. It's you you're so seen. right, and I I feel seen, and it's like <laughs> oh oh yeah. okay. No, that's that's such a good point to mention. The fact that you even the the way you put your you put language to it is like I can control my business. I yeah. cannot control my family, and yeah. that is the the truth. And you have to put in the work with your family, and you have to. I feel like as children start to get older as well, and they become more independent, and their needs become more complex. I'm finding that I am having to grow as an individual and that work is really, that's the hardest part, I think, of the season that I'm in right now as well. So I can totally relate to what you're saying. Um, What would you say, if it's different, what's the hardest setback that you've faced so far? I think, um, I don't know if it's the biggest, you know, it's so hard to compare apples Mm -hmm. to oranges. You know, my first year in business, my biggest setback was I lost my Facebook ads account. And that might sound really trivial, but in that moment, I was so inexperienced as a business owner that I thought I I thought I was done. I thought I lost everything. I literally like curled up in the fetal position, cried, and couldn't think clearly about how to move Mm. forward. That was not a muscle that had ever been stretched or exercised before. If that happened to me today, I wouldn't bat an eyelash. But in my first year of business, I was paralyzed because all of my traffic was dependent on Facebook ads. So what was the lesson? Don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? That's when I launched my YouTube channel was like three months later. So there, you know, it's it's relative to where you're at. So that was my biggest challenge there. And again, it might feel superficial, Some of our challenges are going to be external, things like that, that we don't have a lot of control over. Some of them are internal. Um, You know, I think we're always kind of our our worst critic and our, 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 we're always going to be the one thing that will hold us back, always. Um, So there's all kinds of internal demons. I think for me, one that was opened up last year was I had two team members leave within a really short amount of time. And one was planned. She uh, needed to exit. She was, you know, getting into kind of competing space with her own business. She was a contractor, conflict of interest. It it was just time. It had honestly probably gone on too long. So it was planned. Um, But the other person, it was extremely unexpected. And both of them had been with me for years and had become friends. They were former students. Like our relationships were very intertwined. And mm-hmm. I remember when the second one told me that she was leaving and it was like, I mean, in a, in a day and, and I won't get into the details of why, cause that's, that's her story. Um, but I was pretty much traumatized and I know that sounds like a really dramatic word. Um, but in that a moment, I felt abandoned and betrayed. And those are really big words, but those are mm. feelings. And this is why business becomes this spiritual personal development journey because on yeah. paper, I just had some work I needed to replace, right? Like I just needed to outsource yeah. to someone new or hire someone different. But emotionally on the inside, navigating that journey of like, well, I thought these people were going to be with me forever. And now they've left me and I feel screwed over. And I feel like I don't even know how to be friends with them anymore. Like, I mean, it was very complex and emotional. Mm -hmm. And um, what I've learned, and I am not a therapist, psychiatrist, counselor, I have zero credentials. I have no letters that come after my last name. Um, But what I've learned is so much of this is like inner child work. And so what was triggered, like I wasn't actually betrayed. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't that dramatic of a thing that had happened, but them leaving triggered something that I had Mm -hmm. experienced earlier in my life where I felt that I had these feelings. And so kind of this journey I'm on now this year, especially with going through everything with my daughter and now being in therapy is kind of starting to reconcile some of these things that show up. Um, And it is this like personal spiritual evolution of like uh, not taming these emotions, but like integrating them into kind of who we are. And you touched on this earlier. There's a quote that now I'm, we're just butchering quotes, name the episode. Like we butchered all the quotes, but there's a quote that sometimes like, like any, a company can only be as successful as it's, as it, or it can only, a leader business can, can only grow as much as its leader or something like that. Like that's basically it. the leader's yeah. capacity to handle mm-hmm. conflict money, emotion, like all of this, that leadership, like the, 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 the leader, their capacity is the business's capacity. 
And so it's so mm-hmm. interesting that we're talking about this. I know, again, a former version of me would have been like, why are we not talking about like sales or marketing or like how to make money? And that's where we start. <laughs> but it gets, yeah. it gets more complicated than that. It just gets messy. And I think I'm mm-hmm. also learning to like sit with that, you know, and like be okay with it. And that is like a whole new Lauren too. Whereas previously, like, I just would have suppressed. I think that's a very like type A high achiever thing. It's like, I'm just not going to deal with the emotional side. I can logic my way out of anything. Like I've worked with two coaches and a therapist now of like trying to get this really beautiful balance. That's, um, if I could summarize it, what it really is, is like getting back into the now, you know? Yeah. I think Lauren pre, yes. Lauren pre business owner lived in the past. I was always regretting decisions. I was always like overanalyzing mm. stuff and like beating myself up or like, um, you know, I'd think about what someone said to me and I just like replay it and replay it and whatever. And then I got into business and I became this like future caster. What's the next goal? What's the next goal? What's the next check mark? Goal, future, future, future. And like in the last two years, I'm just like really like kind of like just coming back to earth a little bit. What would you say is the achievement that you're most proud of? What I'm really most proud of is the impact that I've been able to make. So kind of coming full circle, like this year we launched a million dollar award for my community. I have $2 million earners in the Free Mama movement now, and I have two more that are like any day now. What would be the number one thing that someone needs to do to get started on following their passion or purpose, in your opinion? You, You have to start talking about it. You have to act as if. You have to be the person. I see so many people like waiting to launch, or I want to be a, or, you know, I want to be a social media manager. I want to be a business coach. I'm like, I'm thinking about starting a life coach. Like there's so much delay. There's so much procrastination. There's so much waiting for the right time. Um, And I always say, just act as if like the first step really is just like declaring it and talking about it and telling other people. And depending on you know, your network or, you know, your friends, your family, whatever, like you would be surprised how fast that will happen. Like in the first week of the free mama movement, which is my program that teaches people how to become a a freelancer. Like I have a challenge where they're supposed to tell someone that they're doing that. Not, I want to, not, I'm thinking like, we don't use any of those words. It's I am. And some people get their first client just through declaring it. And then they panic because they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, you're good. You got the whole program. (laughs) Like I'm going to teach you that now. But the flip side of that is that we wait to feel ready and that feeling doesn't come. It does. It's not, that's not realistic. I think the thing you need to have is courage. Mm -hmm. So we think we need confidence. I see so many, well, I'm just not confident enough yet. And I'm like, again, not coming. It's not something you order in the mail. Like we're not waiting for Amazon to deliver it at your door. (laughs) Confidence gets earned. Part of the earning it is through experience. So the more you do the work, the more clients you serve, the more no's you hear, the more failures you have. Confidence comes through that. It also internally comes from learning to love yourself. So if you know your strengths and you celebrate them and you accept yourself for your weaknesses, you will also generate a level of confidence there. But you don't actually need confidence at all to start. You need courage. You need to hit send on the email. You need to post the video. You need to go live. Like You just need it for a second. You just need to be brave enough to do the thing, and then the, ex- the the confidence will come. But so many people are saying they're waiting for confidence and they're waiting to feel ready. And these, I feel badly, but I don't think these people are ever going to make progress. They're not going to move forward. Um, and so we got to, again, put on a different lens and, and focus on something different so that we can actually take those first few steps. Ugh, Lauren, so good. <laughs> so good. I feel like, guys, if you just take action on everything Lauren has said today... You'll be fine. You'll be set for life. Okay, we have a tradition when we're ending the show. We play I am a game called So Excited. Give me three. Okay. And in this game, you're supposed to speak before you think. And I'm just gonna pull out these cards, <laughs> answer the questions that are about to come to you. How does that I'm gonna sound? do my best. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's start with this one. Okay. Give me three signs you were switched at birth. Gosh, I mean, my sister has red hair. 
Um, uh-huh. Three signs I've switched. I don't know. If you knew my parents, you would know that this is like actually really hard. I like Apple did not fall far from the tree. Um, oh, really? My sister has red <laughs> hair. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. What makes me like different from my family? I mean, oh my gosh, this one's really hard. Um, Are you, is anyone an entrepreneur? My dad, I'm like, oh, I, that's what I'm saying. Apple tree. I just fall mm. straight down. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. Give me three signs you've been in quarantine for too long. When I t- take my daughter to school, half the time I turn the wrong direction out of our neighborhood and I start driving to our gym because it was like the only place I went for so long. <laughs> I like forget that there's like another place to drive. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wear the same like free mama sweatpants suit like every day, but I actually have more than one. So I do change my clothes. I just change into a different version of the same outfit. Um, uh, I still stand like six feet away from people I'm in line. I've noticed that I've been like putting a ton of space when I stand in line still. So that became a habit. Yeah. I don't know. Can we make that? Is that three? Maybe sort of. Okay. You Kay. got this. Okay. You got this. Okay. <laughs> Give me three things you like, but other people think are disgusting. Brussels sprouts. I don't, some people like them, but I love them. They're like my favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. I have been known, it's been a long time, but I have actually had hamburgers with peanut butter and mayonnaise on them. That one really makes people gag. Oh my goodness. Do other people do better on these questions? I feel like I'm failing miserably. I feel so hard. Something I think is gross, but other people love. I don't think it's gross. But mm-hmm. something that I don't love that other people love. I'm going to lose friends over this. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Something I don't love that other people love is Beyonce. I, c- I can't off. see why that's controversial. No, we're still good. Okay, we're still good. Okay, I okay. See, I don't I think she's why. gross, though, just to be clear. I think she's banging. Like, holy smokes. <laughs> I think she's a stunner. I just, I don't, Yeah. like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, just I think not she's your talented, vibe. but it's just not my vibe. Yeah, exactly. Lauren, where can people find you and connect with you online? Locked up at home. No, I'm just teasing. I have the whole family in here now. This feels very on brand for me. Um, totally. I'm a dog and a child. I am the free mama. Yeah, the best place to hang out with me is uh, on Facebook. I have a free Facebook mm-hmm. group called the Free Mama Movement. I also have that YouTube channel that I mentioned called Free Mama TV. If you are watching this video, I hope you appreciate seeing my sweet little nugget rub her face She's all over me. She's a munchkin. If you're just listening, Aww. she just got home from school and she cannot be contained. So, <laughs> and <laughs> I then I did, that. I mentioned earlier, um, kind of getting started in freelancing. And so I would love to, we have something called the 70 skills checklist. It actually has over a hundred skills now that if anybody listening is just getting started in virtual work, I would love to be able to give you the link to share that with your audience. It's, it's such a great way to start to like figure out your strengths. Like we talked about earlier, like going through that list and seeing the types of things that you can start a service-based business doing. Um, Mm -hmm. It'll really just, show you what's possible if you're kind of new to this world of virtual work. So it's totally free. You can get the link for that. Um, We'll share it with you as well. Awesome. Lauren, thank you so much for being on the show. You have been absolutely amazing and everything you shared with us has just been incredible. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for stepping into my real life. We get like an hour to be professional and then it's like, all right, mom. I know. We love to see it. We love to see it. So good. Real life. Real life. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. All the resources mentioned in the show are linked below if you're watching on YouTube and linked in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, then I want to invite you to help us spread our message by choosing one of four ways. One, subscribe to the YouTube channel or the podcast. Two, Leave a review if you're listening to the podcast. It really helps. Three, let me know in the comments below what the key takeaways were for you in today's episode. And four, share this episode with one friend who could use a little bit of courage today. And if you want to binge our episodes, may I suggest you watch this episode right here if you're watching on YouTube. That's it. Until next time, don't forget to live courageously and dare forward.